I like specialists. I'm always skeptical of folks trying to sell everything because I just haven't seen many agencies deliver on that promise. Hey, it's Joel Pilger, and this is episode 41 of the Rev Thinking Podcast, the conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Jim Reed. Jim is the creative director of design at True TV. We're talking about the topic of balancing data with intuition. Welcome to Rev Thinking. RevThink leverages years of experience and practical wisdom to help owners of top creative studios. So you don't have to choose between following your passion and running your business. Now here is your host, Joel Pilger. Hey, it's Joel. Today is Wednesday, April 25th. Welcome to the Rev Thinking Podcast. Good to have you with us today. I'm excited about my conversation with Jim Reed at True TV. Before we get into the podcast, as you know, I'd like to share a few updates Bits and bites from what's going on in the RevThink world. Busy, busy. And this coming up month is no exception. Of course, we're preparing for Promax BDA. In June, our clients are busy already doing their homework and prepping and promoting, doing outreach, because that event in New York City in June is the mother load if you work in the entertainment space. We look forward to seeing you there. We will be there with bells on. Lots of cool announcements yet to come about what we will be doing at Promax. So stay tuned. One event I can share you the details about is Show Launcher. This is something we're doing in partnership with NatP. It's a quarterly workshop series. And this first series we're doing is really around the topic of don't sell TV, develop TV that sells. So this is going to be a quarterly masterclass that's led by Patrick Jager and Tim Thompson, teaching you how to successfully sell your ideas to audiences that are ready to buy it. So if you're in content development, this is your jam. Now, the first session, number one, is called Understanding the Marketplace. That's happening May 24th in Los Angeles at NatP. Let's see. We have some upcoming episodes. I thought I'd give you a little sneak peek of what's coming up on the Rev Thinking podcast. Uh, I think we have next, uh, the next episode teed up is Rev Think's very own Jason Fletcher. I interview him around the ingredient of finance. And that episode is called The Story Your Finances Are Telling You. That's one you gotta listen to because as a creative entrepreneur, this is where most of you are really weak in the area of finances. Also in the queue, I'm looking forward to doing upcoming episodes with David C. Baker. He used to run recourses. He just changed the name. Uh, he's still an awesome and amazing consultant in the space of marketing and advertising firms and creative entrepreneurship. Also, Blair Ends from Win Without Pitching. Blair's agreed to come on the podcast, and I can't wait because Blair is one of my favorite people in the world. I've learned so much from Blair about pricing, about pitching, and about business development. So make sure you listen for that one. And also, Carlos Elasmar. Carlos is at F5 and Motionographer. Now, F5 is a conference that is slated to come back soon, and you're going to want to go to this conference in New York. And of course, you know Motionographer, so stay tuned and listen up for the episode coming up with Carlos. Okay, for all this information, go to RevThink.com. Or if you're an owner in a creative firm, we invite you to join our Seven Ingredients group on Facebook. You can stay in touch with all of the happenings there. Okay, to today's episode with Jim Reed. So Jim comes from a background 
of TV, marketing and promotions. Now, both on the TV network side as a client, as well as on the agency side. So on the TV side, he worked at places like CMT, AMC, and he's now at True TV. But he also worked at agencies like Definition 6 and Eyeball and Trailer Park. So he has a lot of experience on both sides. So today's episode is really an insightful peek behind the curtain to understand what it's like in Jim's world. What's the crazy evolving world like for a TV network creative director? And of course, I ask him things like, well, what types of outside agencies does Turner work with? And what defines a great collaborator? Is it a studio that specializes or is it that 360 offering that we hear about so much? And of course, what everyone is talking about these days, especially in the world of Promax, what's the role of data? Is data superior to intuition? Or did the two somehow interact to create better results in our modern world of second and third screens and OTT and apps and all that stuff? Okay, well, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jim Reed at True TV. So, Jim, what's your title? Uh, that's a really good question. I think officially, I'm going to look at my card. It says Creative Director Design. Creative Director Design. Um, and you work at a network? <laughs> yeah, um, we are a, a really small little thing part of the turner network uh true tv yeah the the, mm. the, the turner We're a little comedy the network. turner solar system thing. yep um and how long have you been hanging out here at true tv uh, about a year and a half okay now of course what i love about you and your background is we have some similar stuff in our background in that you spent a lot of years on the agency side yes and were you um what kind of a were you a creative on the agency side? Were you yeah, more, probably more years uh, in total on the agency side. Um, I came up, you know, I went to design school. I studied type and design and photography and um, where, where uh, was school? Uh, Art Center, okay, um, out in Pasadena. Pasadena yeah, yep. um, and then when I graduated, I, you know, I, I ran out of money in school. <laughs> I, I couldn't pay for school, so I had to start working right away. And through a series of uh, uh, pretty unfortunate events a, a failed internship at digital domain that fell through literally the day before i was supposed to start um and me not being enrolled in school um i somehow got super lucky and landed a gig um doing some work for disney that really helped set me up you know definitely piqued my interest in design for entertainment you know i always loved films and right. tv most of the focus of my work has been in design in support of entertainment, whether it be uh, film, um, TV, um, brands, but even the brand work that I've done has been more, I would say, more emotionally driven uh, through um, experiences and non-conventional things. And what um, what was the transition that brought you to New York and caused you to leave L.A.? My wife and I were had been in L.A. for a long time. Uh, we had a daughter. Ava was about one. And we were both ready for a change. And I think both of us struggled with um, we were starting to think about the school situation in L.A., mm -hmm. which seemed um, a little tough. And the, the options that existed, um, I, we just weren't super fans of uh, I think I think it's tough to be a parent I think it's tough to be a kid in LA but the work or the work in LA was awesome, amazing I right mean, so many top agencies so many top studios um, so uh, I think as, as a as a young professional it was it was incredible so we're, we're just honestly just ready for a change right yeah. now I have to mention this little side note that there was an era when you and I our paths overlapped because mm -hmm. I was yep. running impossible and I don't remember how we got connected but yep. I remember you were looking 
to make a change and I was looking to hire a creative director yeah. and there was this thing of like, whoa, Joel, your shop's in Colorado. Yeah. That could be really cool. That was, I've always thought that was just a fun conversation yeah. back then and you know, planets didn't align, yeah. but here we are today and still getting to hang out. All good. <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't make sense at the time and, yeah. and that's fine. Every, everything works out. You know? And you were gracious enough to go to recently to Moldova. Yeah, with Tim and I and right. Nika and Rob, which is a really, experience. yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, um, that as a busy network executive, can I call you that? Or is that, is that like a mm, kind of a I'm, negative I'm term? I'm not in that E-suite yet. It's that's, <laughs> that's kind of weird, man. Okay. Um, I'm definitely not a suit. How about a busy network um, creative? I actually like to make things. Sometimes that sort of goes against. How about as a busy creative leader? Doing in yeah, this organization, yeah. you were gracious enough to take time out of your schedule, which I think was kind of last minute, right? Mm-hmm. Because we had somebody else slated right. that fell yeah. through and Tim was like, Jim, you got to help me out. You've got to go to Moldova. You're going to love it. I've worked uh, a lot with Tim over the years and whenever Tim calls, I jump in and help because yeah. it's usually an adventure and, um, <laughs> uh, and he and I work really well together. I, I dig his style. We're, we're, right. um, uh, yeah, we're, we're great collaborators and friends and have been for a long time so so when you look back on that how long were we in moldova like four or five days yeah that sounds about right like when Mm -hmm. you look back on it Mm -hmm. do you you sum it up and say it was bizarre it was amazing it was all of the i don't remember it because i was in a you know jet lag funk all of the above interestingly I suffered almost zero jet lag going and coming back, coming back almost oh. nothing. I just straight back into action. And I think maybe going just, you know, it's fun to be in a new place and yeah. seeing um, uh, decaying Soviet infrastructure, you know, a decades yes. old. The brutal Soviet architecture in- of Moldova. In- infrastructure is kind of incredible. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a really interesting experience. There are a lot of, uh, you know, really talented folks over there who are just surviving on um raw like willpower yes and creative energy and i think it'll it's their their future is pretty bright Mm -hmm. you know the talent's definitely there and um i'm interested to kind of follow along and if i can help and um and help and guide and maybe look for some opportunities for collaboration um you know there's certainly you know equally talented folks there right you know, to right. the agencies and folks we work with here so this is where i can say i love that you have all that agency background because i always find it fascinating when someone makes a shift in their career from working with all that agency experience and then says i'm going to go now work as quote the client mm-hmm. or on the client side or something like that mm-hmm. um because you bring a you know, perspective and more that i know people that listen to us and the podcast find fascinating because it's like, Oh, here's somebody who's been in my shoes who is now on that client side. And the clients, I think often get sort of that bad rap, Mm -hmm. you know, the people on the agency side, well, why are there things that way? And that's so frustrating. And that's, those people are so dumb. And if, if I was there and I was running things, it would be so different. And I always think it's nice to hear, what it's sort of really like <laughs> to be in this world yeah. because it's always easy to 
look at your clients and say, oh, they should just do this and they should just do that and everything would be would be better. Yeah. So I'm grossly oversimplifying. But you've been you've been now working in the TV network world for a couple of years. Uh, did you say my stint here at True TV? Yeah, and before True TV, I you know spent a little time at Epix, uh, spent a little time at AMC, did some agency work in be- in between. So. Um, yeah, so how something like that when you just start start to look mm-hmm. back now and have some perspective what's what's like maybe the broad t- takeaway of wow when i shifted from being the guy that was doing a lot of work on the agency side mm-hmm. to to stepping into this world well i think i mean i guess i'll talk more specifically about true tv okay. um uh because every i think every network works differently i mean each one sure. is its own unique culture and works differently and some are very hierarchical and rigid and some mm. are very flat. We're very flat. So we, we, um, I, I communicate pretty regularly with our president. That was something that I had never done before. Mm-hmm. Pretty regular, regularly. Mm. I have time with him. So I get pretty deep insight into where we're going. Um, I would say in, the, you know, I don't know if anyone can predict beyond three years at this point um, because the rate of change is just so fast. But um, I I would say I have deeper insight into what our goals as a network are, you know, maybe some of what our um, ratings goals are, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, where we where we stack up in the um uh cable network world we have we definitely have goals of displacing a few folks and continuing to climb the ladder Uh um we've done that i think just recently we um surpassed bravo as the youngest richest network that's entertainment so so not um, not counting news or sports Mm -hmm. those guys are crushing it um but but that's kind of amazing uh, you know when i think about it we're we're tiny um and we are growing in audience size our shows continue to get better and better as we've firmly planted our feet in creator driven comedy um that takes a lot of time and effort and you know the programming team the development team does has has been just working overtime to really change what this network is so um it's kind of fun for me really i'm just here to support that you know to get as many people to tune into that programming as possible um we are essentially you know we're we're, we're delivering people from ad pod to ad pod that's where where we monetize that's where we make the money so um we have to have good compelling uh content there's so much out there It, it you know we're 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 going after this segment we're um uh, you know, nothing against Comedy Central. They're incredible. They're a slightly different comedy brand. They're a much more um, uh, mature comedy brand. They've been around a, a lot longer. They have the word comedy in their name. Um, uh, but we're, um, we're, we're gunning for them and making some headway. So um, that's all good news. I, so I, I have a lot of insight into just bigger, broader goals outside of just the day-to-day of you know, what is this little campaign um, that, yes. I, that I'm tasked to come up with? Or what is this graphics package or show package or promo package or show title? Um, so, so I mean, those are all super, super fun, you know, hands-on, crafted little things. Um, I think that, you know, we always want those things in service of moving the dial and moving the meter. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say, you know, I have just more insight into um kind of strategy and bigger bigger picture thinking so when i when i think of you 
years ago when you were working on the agency side. I'm thinking like AdPod was probably not a term that mm -hmm. was talked about commonly. When you're when you're being tasked no. for let's launch a show, let's do the big thirty yeah. second promo, you know, let's develop a campaign and that sort of thing. Like when you look back, you know, can you could you have looked ahead and said, Oh, someday after I've spent several years working inside of a network, um, it makes sense that there's going to be a lot of strategy, a lot more moving parts, a lot more implications. You know, it's it, and I'm building a whole brand and I have all these sub brands called shows. And again, I don't know what your nomenclature is it, but could you have even, I don't know if you, could you, could you even speak that language back then? Could you imagine all the stuff you were going to learn? It's a lot more complicated. Um, that's for sure. And I think, um, you know, in identifying, you know, if you're going to simplify or strip it down to solve a problem, right, and figure out right, who, who are the stakeholders, who has to buy into this, um, who signs off on this, you know, where are we going with this, what are the, you know, how do we measure success, um, uh, it's a much more complicated. I wouldn't say it's better or worse, mm -hmm. um, the kind of work that I'm doing now. It's just much more complicated. It's much more textured. It's much more layered. Um, there are a lot more implications. There are a lot more players when you weave in talent. Um, that kind of take things takes things to a, a, a whole new level. You know, we want um, Amy Sedaris to to buy in on what we do with her. Mm. She's really important to us and to me as a as a partner. If I'm you know designing a a, a, a key art campaign with her, um, because our our flavor of shows is creator driven. You know, she is a, a creator of the show. She's in the show. Um, she's she wants to know what's going on with marketing. She has super strong opinions. And those are great because it's it's you know, we are really relying on the brand of Amy um, to help the show. So, um, you know, that adds, you know, a, a layer of complexity when we are also working with uh, a media planning agency, you know, an agency that helps us develop um, communication plans and ad identify, you know, who our viewers are, what segment we're going after, um, what a launch plan might look like. So, you know, coordinating a lot of moving parts um, to come up with, you know, hopefully good solutions that, you know, check all the boxes. It's hard. They're just, a, there, there are a lot of moving parts. Yeah. So when you refer to an agency, let's, let's imagine maybe, um, that could be a production company. That could be a motion design studio. That's mm -hmm. a, yep. How much, how helpful is it for them to have, um, I'll call it empathy for that complexity and what, what you're up against? Like if they have an understanding of that, does it make them a more valuable collaborator or maybe I should ask for that more? I like, I, I honestly, I try and, you know, and, and, and some assignments work out great and some assignments don't. Um, but I try and tee them up for success as much as possible and make it as easy as possible for them. Um, I, maybe a bit more old school in my thinking of, or maybe not old school, but I tend to prefer having like the least amount of information that I need to succeed um, because I find extraneous detail. I don't find it helpful to crafted assignments. So my brain, it, I can only handle so much data processing and then it eventually just becomes a distraction. So I kind of prefer to be put in a bubble when I'm in creative mode and then just feel safe in that bubble. Mm -hmm. So I maybe try and do that with the teams I work with and be very focused on what we're trying to achieve and how we might get there. Mm -hmm. 
and maybe identifying upfront, we're doing this now. You know, we, we sometimes work with unconventional partners, agencies. Hmm. So what might that um, look like? So it, let's say, for example, you know, key art is one of the things we develop. Um, you know, key art just means, you know, an image that may be you know the benchmark image for a campaign right and then sort of it, the it, tent pole yeah, visual exactly look and, and then everything kind of flows from whatever from that. that concept is for that specific season or campaign um and uh um right now we're working with a vendor who who's who's never done that before okay interesting so, um, so you're looking for some a, fresh perspectives yeah, and that kind right, of thing. Right, right. So there, there's a, a lot of learning both ways. Um, and, you know, hopefully we don't crush their spirit. Uh, I mean, that happens sometimes. That does happen right. sometimes. It's it's very difficult. I, I mean, the agencies who rise to the top of being able to do that work are very, very good at what they do. Yeah. And it takes a lot. There are so many, you know, there's the client management portion. There's the just pure creative. There's the production portion there's, well, there's that finishing talent, the talent layer you talked about talent and you know there's there's there are a lot of things you, you know we like it if most of those boxes are checked but um it's pretty rare we, we have a couple of partners who check all the boxes and and that's why we go back to them over and over again right but at the same time you also do occasionally work with somebody that's just bringing in something mm-hmm. new so it's not about oh we mm-hmm. have this deep expertise mm-hmm. and all this history of you know of trustworthiness it's more mm-hmm. like no there's that certain spark that you see and you say, I think I can use that and adapt it or translate it right. into this application. Yep. Or try. Yeah. Or at least it try. It doesn't always work out. Yeah. And that's, that's okay too. Um, you know, we, we have had a couple of failures and totally fine. I, mm-hmm. you know, I encourage the team to go for it and it's not always going to work out the way we want it to. I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out a way to correlate the work that we do to ratings. It's, there isn't, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very difficult path to map um you know when you think about creative there's creative there's media there's strategy and messaging and scheduling and mm. so many things that are in the mix yeah. so when you're when we're trying to evaluate like well was it good creative did it work um we just don't really know and that's actually a great point because i think um as creators as makers a lot of times we have this bias that basically just simply says if it if it worked, right, if it drove great ratings, it, it created great results, we think it's the creative, see? Mm-hmm. And there actually are a lot of other mm-hmm. moving parts many, there. Yeah, many, many And factors. sometimes, yeah. like you were saying, yeah. maybe it's the way the media buy was done and the timing of it and the whatever that actually was the genius and behind it. And that's becoming more and more important with, like, all the crazy real-time stuff we can do and audience segmentation we can do and targeting we can do. It's nuts. Like, we, we, can, we can talk to specifically the person that we want to talk to. Wow. Um, so kind of knowing and defining that audience, really important. Well, to back up a second, if you work at Netflix, you get, you get real time feedback, you know, they're on a whole different planet. It's, it's pretty fascinating. And I think a, a lot of us, um, admire sort of what they're doing and how they're able to yeah. measure, um, a direct impact of creative on, um, I think on, I saw something engagement. Yeah. I think I saw something posted it was a LinkedIn article mm-hmm. that literally showed like 12 different compositions. You guys should totally talk to Andy Baker. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. on my list. Yeah. Um, so Andy, if you're listening, you got to come back on the podcast. But yeah, I saw this layout of like 12 different um, end pages mm-hmm. and they weren't really all that different. It was like mm-hmm. the logos on the left, right. the show titles on the right, whatever. Right. And they were, the article talked about Netflix being able to me- measure yeah. which one of these you like so that when they send you to another 
end page design, they're going to use that again to try and get a higher engagement. But yep. it's like the most subtle stuff that you would think, why, why would that possibly matter? But they're, it's like if you can measure it, well, then you can do something with it. Yeah, we just have to guess. You know, we Oof. guess based on what we learned in art school. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, hierarchy, we manipulate hierarchy. What are we going to look at first, second, third? And we manipulate size, scale, color, mm, messaging. Um, uh, you know, if you want to get really fancy, there's eye tracking um, testing that can be done. Meaning there's like a vendor that you could bring in to yeah, do that yeah, sort there's, of... There's a, um, there's a media lab right downstairs here in um, the Time Warner Center that's a Nielsen Media Lab that has some capabilities to do those kinds of things. Um, it gets it gets expensive. Um, yeah, and there are the other testing platforms. Um, we have our research team here. Um, that's one thing that, that, that I've been able to tap into that's been new for me to learn Mm -hmm. um and a resource for me so we were we redesigned the on-air package the on-air look the on-air brand this year we rolled rolled it out uh, it began last year and then rolled it out Mm, i think we were mostly rolled out by march and one of the things that we did as part of that just to speak to this you know the connection of creative and data and um research um again like maybe coming from a place of um, feeling like so much creative gets thrown away, you know, how do we get just more efficient and specific and effective? So, uh, we, in our previous on-air package, we had lots of what we call secondary graphics. So it's things like lower thirds. Some people call them snipes or Mm -hmm. little animations that come out of the bug or elevators, upper upper fifths, elevators. (laughs) There are many, many different, um, names of these things. Kind of, kind of depends on what network you work for. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what naming standard these things have. We, we had many different devices and, um, it, it, the, the feeling was the intuition was this is a cluttered experience. We were questioning as 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 our programming became more premium, is this reflective of the programming we have on air or that's coming out soon and where we want to go? Right. Um, you know, we, and we think about some other networks that play in that premium space, uh, Showtime, HBO, FX. Right. Um, there are there are there are a bunch of them that that we I think as creatives and designers really admire that are that are doing less heavy work. handed when it comes to snipes and yes, these little exactly. interrupters and exactly things yeah. exactly. So we had uh, quite a few I think I don't know maybe six different thing types of things that could be used. So we as part of our redesign we were thinking well how how much can we strip it back like can can it be nothing mm-hmm. you know is that a possibility or can it be super super minimal like what how much can we strip it back and still um communicate the things we need to does it impact um intent of view likability um will people do people actually use TuneIn? is it memorable at all like a lot of questions that i've on the agency side wondered like, and, um, why and do so we do this when let me ask this context when you say we in this process was mm-hmm. this you and the agency that you mm-hmm. hired to develop that yes rebrand yes so and together or. you yeah. were asking those questions yeah and did you have was data an important part in that conversation yeah, that's how you sell it that's how you you know right. that's uh, i wouldn't say ev- everything it, but it's helpful. It's an input. And, you know, maybe you got to ask the right questions. And has that changed, right? Like yeah. five or 10 yeah. years ago, I don't know if you know if that data was really there. You mm-hmm. had to rely a lot more on, on intuition. We do not have, I asked 
has anyone we asked nielsen has anyone tested um secondary graphics in this way and they told us no um that's surprising they they, um they yeah they had nothing that they could share with us you know there are other testing outfits they're kind of the the benchmark um they're the big dogs um, so, so we did it. We we put some stuff into testing. Uh-huh. Um, th- there were a number of things we put into testing. The 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 major takeaway and our what our interpretation was that it did ding the premium feel of the network. The the preferred viewing environment was fewer secondary graphics. That really had to be weighed with, you know, of course, people don't want it because it's in the way. Mm-hmm. And then, well, uh, you know. They might not want it, but they have to, you know, we have to do some, you know, in, in sure. a world where Cause it is um, GRPs are shrinking, where we have few, less and less opportunity to promote our own uh, shows. Um, we occasionally sometimes, you know, do have to use these different devices. Right. So, um, but we radically reduce them. We, we have two different things we do in that lower third area. And they're, they're very nice. They're very clean. They're very premium. Uh-huh one that's a little bit bigger and a little bit more eventy um and one that's just nice and stays kind of tucked in the corner and is there if you if you if you want i, I am curious to know did you find that um on tune ins mm-hmm. specifically i've always wondered do people actually notice that it says eight eight p m you know p t e t or whatever like yeah did you learn anything that is that noise or is it actually no. useful information? We asked the same question. We're, we're kind of um, auditing right now a lot of stuff. We're auditing our messaging. Specifically, we're thinking about multi-platform and um, what, we're, what we call TV everywhere. You know, there's lots of acronyms, OTT, VOD, yep. SVOD, MVPD, you know, that t- just it's. Tons of acronyms. It make your head hurt, but basically, it's you want like, to go through those and spell out all, all no, those. <laughs> no, exactly. I'll, I'll get some of them wrong. The, the, but the, the to simplify, multi-platform. I guess is the, the broad nice term, thing right? is that there's a True TV app. There's a and that app can live on many many platforms. It's we're you know uh, Fire TV. It's Roku. It's Apple TV. Um, there is a mobile app. So once you understand, once you understand that, so, so then it becomes like, okay, well, where do you want people to watch? You know, and it how becomes a do you great want people to watch? Where I think, again, in recent history, mm-hmm. the channel, the linear channel mm-hmm. was sort of the, I don't know what the, the big daddy. Yeah. And then all of these multi-platform things were sort of ancillary. Yeah. They were the second screen, the third screen, the whatever. And it seems like that's actually the totally shift is happening shifting, very, blending. very quickly. So now it's not yeah. so much like, oh, we're a linear TV channel who also happens to have. Mm-hmm. It's more like, no, we are what? A, a channel, a digital, mm-hmm. you know, a multi-platform brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, what how, is it just kind of redefining TV. as you? I mean, I, I think it's still TV. But but it doesn't necessarily play on this. No, this it's, big screen. it's everywhere. Sure. I think yeah. people know that they yeah. can watch it anywhere. Um, and the, the the growth and the adoption, our our download rates of download rates for all those apps on all those platforms has um, been growing tremendously. So we have to think about, um, you know, hey, we we want we really want people to experience the linear television mm-hmm. world right now. Um, that's because uh, that's mostly how we monetize. It's the most premium. Yeah. and it's the most money. It, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, that's how we that's how we sell it. So um, I think the 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 ad um, the ad world has a little bit of catching up to do. The technology is like pretty ahead. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, the good news is there's just 
more ways that you can experience the shows. Um, it's super convenient, really easy um, in lots of different environments. So in a multi-platform world mm -hmm. that we're just, again, rushing into, you know, headlong, what, when you think back just even a few years, um, what's the big takeaway if you are an agency that's creating for clients in this space? Mm -hmm. Is it just, well, it's no longer about the big 30-second promo, it's the deliverables list has gotten way mm -hmm. longer because now we're mm -hmm. it's key art mm -hmm. and it's created all the stuff assets for Apple TV and it's yeah. what, what's that's a really good the, question yeah, right. what's the big shift so happening we, there so we hear a lot we get pitched a lot from agencies we're a multi-platform agency we're you know we're soup to nuts we do everything we, we're multi-platform yeah do, and, do you does that and when appeal you, when, to when you when <laughs> we drill down what we typically find is that um, not so much you know even even some of the larger players um, in rare instances may be awarded, but clients, generally speaking, are not awarding entire multi-platform campaigns to one place. Uh, that may be because of um, the way that some of the networks are siloed, um, mm -hmm. or it may just be that you know most agencies come from a certain area of expertise and then grow and expand into other areas, but maybe not as successfully and and there are a lot of agencies i can think of that do multiple things but i really only like working with them in one area because maybe the other group just isn't as good now and maybe i can be tougher yeah because i don't have to be politically correct right but personally whenever i see an agency that has some sort of a positioning that mm -hmm. says turnkey full service yeah. 360 yeah i immediately think bs yeah yeah now, you don't have to say that I'll yeah, say it. it's BS. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all sales. And, and I, I would actually prefer, I like specialists. I'm always skeptical of folks trying to sell everything because you know what to I do just with haven't a seen many, right? I just haven't seen many agencies deliver on that promise, mm -hmm. you know, and it may be because, oh, well, there was one company that was an AV company and one company was, that was a print company and then they merged, but that doesn't mean they know how to work together or, or how to sequence a whole campaign. Like, okay, well, if that's the case, what, what I ask, I've asked this in, in I've asked this in meetings with agencies and, uh, uh, specifically I said, okay, that's cool. Um, you guys are multi-platform who starts who starts the process like who is when you who's the creative director like is it one idea where does that idea start is it do you, did did they, you have did somebody they <laughs> who 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 came who came up through the print world and now does everything did did this person come from the the agency the traditional agency model i think is maybe a bit more developed than the entertainment agency model so um mm. maybe on that side of uh, uh, of things um you may find some creative directors that really do understand concepts yeah. for everything yeah um but I think not. I think it's a bit more fragmented, and I think that as as you know, um, entertainment brands and entertainment agencies are starting to do this more and more. And heck, I, I you know I came from one. I, I worked at Trailer Park, and they're a monster now, right? Um, and amazing. Um, you know, I work with Jeremy and Chelsea at Art Machine, which is part of the Trailer Park family. Family, they're um, jumping in on something like today for me as an emergency help out project, <laughs> and I, I love those guys. They're incredible. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like folks typically have their focus. I would prefer to just kind of know that 
going in and then work with companies based on the, right. th- the one thing that they're really good at. So you must spend a lot of energy. Um, when I think of that fragmentation you talked about, there's mostly a lot of energy when you're like, okay, I've got this, I don't know, effort, launch, whatever thing that you're, you're having to do. And you're having to make sure that it's, of course, in sync with the whole mission of True TV. Mm-hmm. But then you're having to make sure that even that internal I don't know if you call it a sub brand or franchise or something Mm -hmm. has an internal cohesiveness and consistency across multiple agencies where, okay, these guys are doing print. These guys are doing out of home. These guys are doing the on air, whatever. And, but you're okay with working with multiple experts yeah, because you get better results than simply, Oh, if I had a quote, one stop shop, because that just doesn't quite really, it doesn't fit into our, to our workflow. Mm -hmm. I would say yet, uh, you know, we haven't found a partner that that we all have um, thought that you know every area of support has been like top notch enough to have the comfort level to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have worked to be very modular, super modular. We have a great in-house team. We have great in-house designer animators in the digital space and the print space. Um, they're doing more and more work. Um, they're doing some of the work they're doing is just as good as, if not better than some of the agency partners we work with. We do sometimes have, uh, have thoughts and ideas. Um, we have an unfair advantage. I will say that <laughs> against the agencies. Cause if we're, if we're, if we're, for example, if we have a big show and it's there, um, maybe, uh, ideas coming in from multiple agencies and then we see something, we can make something, we can right. make it. We have a totally unfair advantage. We we can say, oh, you know, that's not exactly right, but it makes me think of this, 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 and this. And then I can say, you know, hey, Hermes, let's 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 make some stuff. Um, yeah. And and we kind of uh, white label everything so that um, you know we don't necessarily like to have what agency is working on something sway what the concept is and when it's being evaluated. Um, so, and we like to put them all up on the wall. We put them all up on the wall and, you know, whatever is working for people, that's what makes it through. So that's interesting. So it's not so much like, oh, here's the ideas from agency A and B, and then here's our ideas. You just put everything up there and just kind of let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. cool. So it's just an honesty and an integrity of like what's really resonating regardless of the source there's still a lot of manipulation that can be done i mean think about that you're taping things up on a wall like if you want to weight something you know you you know like like stack (laughs) oh you put it in the center you put if you put it in the middle or put it in the eye line it's It's like the grocery store where this this stuff's at eye level that they want you to buy way more yeah Yeah. exactly so um you know we (laughs) we can stack the deck and you know we we share what things we think will will work better or intuitively feel more right for something right but um yeah i mean again like to going back to being modular and being flexible um it's just really important to us because we are working on so many things at, at, at once and they're all across the spectrum of different kinds of cha- challenges with different kinds of creator partners with different timelines and different expectations in terms of ratings and uh, maybe different media dollars support behind with, um, you know, it's, it's incredibly complex. So um, being agile is super helpful. So yeah, today I called Jeremy and asked him if he could help on something really fast and they can. So we're going to 
have them save our asses. Um, and <laughs> Thank you, I, I really, I really appreciate that. And I also appreciate, um, you know, we get, uh, agencies sometimes, sometimes tell us no, nope, can't do it. I love that. I love that. I want to hear no. If, if an agency cannot deliver and can, and is not going to give the A team, right. then it's fine. That's fine. Please I just, don't I, apply. Ju- I just like, you know, that's a, that's an investment in a relationship that I will really appreciate. And the next time I'll ask you again. And I mean, if it's always no, that might be a problem, you know? <laughs> yeah, clearly. Why don't you like me? But there's, um, there's, there's, you, you want yes or you want no, but the worst is the, the maybe. Yeah. Or the yes that feels like you're sort of being sold or pitched mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And you know that it lacks confidence and then... Mm-hmm. Later, you realize, oh, crap, I got the B team, the C team, mm-hmm. the D team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this time of year, you know, we all get reflective and say, okay, winding up a year. And now we're going to take what we learned and apply it to Oh, man, I've already been year. deep in the trenches for the last, like, I feel like eight weeks planning for 2018. We have um, uh, a shift in the way that we're going to approach our marketing, which is going to impact um, how we approach creative on a few things. Um, so we're just setting up for success there. Interesting. Yeah. So for the partners that you work with, mm-hmm. how, you know, what do you find in those partners that are really well positioned and mm-hmm. really really ma- can that can potentially be massively helpful yeah in the new year are there certain characteristics or attributes that you find that again yeah, with, with how much I, things are you know changing right and how much right well i mean the one thing yes things are changing they're changing rapidly i think the only constant is change so um I, you know and i've heard a couple of folks here ask this and i've maybe heard a little bit of feedback from the agency side you know, uh, maybe some remembrance of a better time or when are we going to settle? When are we going to settle into a groove or, or, you know, when is it going to get a little uh, more relaxed or when is it going to calm down? And and the answer is never, no, it's just going to get worse. Right. You know, there's, you just say, don't hold your breath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing to do is really try and feel energized by the, by the change and embrace it and take it as a challenge because, we have in the TV world, you know, there are a couple of players out there that are just crushing it and are kind of flipping us upside down. So, yeah. uh, you know, viewership in general on linear television is is uh, dwindling, shifting, <laughs> to dwindling. Yeah. So, um, I think some of us are excited about okay, like w- what can we do to adapt to this really quickly changing environment? And I, I think those of us who are you know hopefully able to embrace that high rate of change you know i hope will will survive i still see some other networks doing things really old school i worry about them hmm. yeah yeah i mean I, I think there's clearly when something is eroding mm-hmm. and disintegrating such as linear the question isn't oh gosh what do we do the pie is shrinking it's more like the cheese is moving mm-hmm. where is the cheese going yeah. and can we keep up with it yeah it's going to social and digital yeah. is where it's going absolutely much more targeted much more timely much more specific and many many you know people are on mobile they're on the web like all the time mm-hmm. and 
in that environment, we can, we can find you more effectively. It's just a better use of our dollars. Um, you know, if you are a fan of Amy Sedaris, you can easily find her and find her show and follow along and be part of that community. That's like a way more engaging way to be marketed to, I think, than maybe watching um, a multi-million dollar shiny brand campaign on linear air. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, so those the, good the old days are now yeah, officially over. Yeah. I think what, <laughs> what it does though, is it ushers in the, the kinds of things I'm excited about, which are new school combinations of technologies, um, social experiential, unusual things. Right. Um, you know, that's where weird and cool and fun things are happening. Huge launch campaigns with special shoots and yeah, I, 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 I just, I'm, those are I, d- diminishing. I shall it's, we hard, say? it's becoming harder and harder to justify them as being good, a good return on investment. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know that we are just able to reach people in other ways, uh, more effectively. So that's what your eye is on <laughs> in mm-hmm. the new year is, well, it's all going to keep, keep changing. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Let's embrace it. Lots more digital, lots more social, social, huge, huge. Our, our social team is just incredible. I mm-hmm. mean, they're hilarious. They are so funny and so smart. And how much has that really department know how grown? To, I'm just curious. Huge, the, uh, right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. probably nothing like uh, what they, it is they have, a couple have, years ago. You know, yeah, they've, um, they've continued to grow and not enough too. I think mm-hmm. they, they, the volume of what they output is staggering. Um, we've added a few folks to try and keep up with that growth. The growth of our social platforms is staggering. It, it, I, I mean, year over year, you know, hundreds of percentage, you know, growth. Wow. Um, wow. And um, it's just going to be bigger and better, more bigger, better. So as a designer, you know, it's kind of fun for me. Um, we We get to help and support, I guess, from, you know, when I think about design and creative, like it's a little bit platform agnostic. Like we don't, I don't necessarily care. I mean, each platform sort of has its maybe quirks and their mm-hmm. things related to craft and format, certainly that are important. Um, but uh, I, I don't really care as long as I'm, you know, representing the show well, representing the brand well, and, you know, hopefully intriguing people enough with that creative to get them to check out the show. So it doesn't really matter to me. Well, I think that's a good uh, bookend, really, to kind of bring it back to creative. So I want to say thanks for sitting down and sure. chatting. I appreciate you being a, just chat. a generous soul and sharing with Anytime. me and the industry, yeah. you know, all that mm-hmm. you've learned and, and sharing that with us. So appreciate sure. it, Jim. Thanks. Thanks, Joel. RevThinking is produced by RevThink. Feel free to connect with us at RevThink.com. We'd love to help. And hey, if you like the Rev Thinking Podcast, please do us a favor by subscribing on iTunes and giving us your feedback. Thanks for listening to Rev Thinking. 